Tonight we meet the Hittites. From Genesis 10:15, we find out that they're descendants of Ham and Canaan. And at one point in the middle of the second millennium BC, they had this huge empire that took up modern day Turkey. It went from the agency all the way to the Euphrates River and even as far south as Damascus. Now, even though that the Hittites had this huge empire based in a city called Hattusas, there were also many Neo-Hittite states that were formed and they were also, confusingly enough, referred to as Hittites. So, whenever Abraham purchases a burial site for Sarah from the Hittites, were they from this empire or were they a smaller Neo-Hittite state? Well, I guess it could be either, but the irony here is that even though Abraham was promised this land, he still had to purchase it from the Hittites. The empire of the Hittites fell around 1200 BC, and up until the 1800s, the Bible was the only source that mentioned them, so many people thought that they were made up, but since then, we found much archaeological evidence that this group existed and was at one point as powerful as Egypt. So, it turns out once again that the Bible is right and historically accurate. Who knew? So, there you go. A little bit about the Hittites, and that's enough today for our historical minute. Well, Happy New Year. Can I say that yet? Yes. <laughs> and actually, you know, I could also say Merry Christmas. You know why? Because some people think that Christmas is a day, but actually Christmas in the church calendar is a season, right? We have the 12 days of Christmas. And so um, that's the excuse I say, at least to my neighbors, whenever they ask why my Christmas lights are still up. Is that we're in a season of Christmas. And so actually I, I say that because you may be wondering, hey, aren't you supposed to take down the tree? Christmas is past. Uh, what about the banner? What about the Christmas carols? No, we're still in the season of Christmas. So may I say to you, Happy New Year, and may I also say to you, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. <laughs> All right. Right. And so also, um, I'm excited that you guys are here for this uh, New Year's Eve special edition Sunday night. Uh, we have not had a New Year's Eve service uh, in like 15 years here at St. Mark. And so this is actually pretty historical. Um, and also, I think it is really neat uh, for all of us here who are gathering to say, you know what, we want to kick off the new year right. We want to kick off uh, the, the new year by starting off with, with worship and by starting off with, with diving into God's Word. And so I think that's really neat. So I really do uh, thank you guys for being here. Uh, we are, however, in the book of Genesis. And so if you have a Bible, then uh, turn to the book of Genesis. And we're in chapter 23. Uh, if you don't have a Bible, that's okay. You're in luck. We're going to put it here on the screen. And also you'll see on the screen... Uh, text questions to this phone number. And so if you have any questions as we go along, you can just simply text them in and uh, I'll receive them up here and then uh, I'll do my best to answer them, all right? I'll do my best to answer them. So uh, here we go. So in, in chapter 23, what we find, we start off here is um, it's gonna be this whole narrative around the death and the burial of Sarah. So it says this in verse one. It says, Sarah lived 127 years. These were the years of the life of Sarah. And Sarah died at Kiriath Arba. And yes, that is again how you pronounce it. However I pronounce it's the correct way to pronounce it. That is Hebron in the land of Canaan. And Abraham went in to mourn for Sarah and to weep for her. Okay? And so notice that we have uh, Abraham who is... Uh, 
you know, he, he's grieving. And we're going to talk uh, a little bit about grief later. We're going to kind of apply this to our lives in a different way. But, uh, but just notice here um, that, that Abraham uh, has these emotions, that Abraham is, is crying, that Abraham has um, the, the emotion of sadness and, and is weeping. And that is, that's very okay. And I just want you to know that, that this is part of the grieving process. It's part of the healing process, that whenever those emotions come, uh, to not try to bury it or try to be strong for people, or I know, especially guys, right? We're like, well, we don't, men don't cry. Well, all right, then you have no heart, all right? <laughs> you have no heart. Abraham did it, all right? And we look up to Abraham. So, so here's what it says in verse three. And Abraham rose up before his dead and said to the Hittites. So now, as we saw in our historical minute here, the Hittites were this, this huge empire. Um, they really were. And, and, and they were just in, mainly in modern-day Turkey, but they really kind of took over like that whole kind of, um, even that, the Mediterranean coast, even as far down as Damascus. And so that's uh, very close to um, you know, the land of Canaan here. And so, uh, so this particular group here, the Hittites, uh, it might have been part of that empire, but as I described in the historical minute, there there were also kind of like these little city states that were also referred to as Hittites, and we're not quite sure if they were connected to the empire or not. Um, and as well that I mentioned, it's kind of funny that the Bible talked about the Hittites quite a bit because they were just so big and so powerful uh, in this time, and so the Bible mentions them. But for a while there, they were the only source that mentioned the Hittites. And so um, really, it was kind of fun for a lot of archaeologists, a lot of uh, secular scientists, all the way through the ages have kind of had a hard time with the Hittites because it's like the Bible's the only place that mentions them. Maybe they're just, maybe the Bible just like made them up. But you got to remember that the Ottoman Empire occupied most of Turkey uh, during uh, all the way through the Middle Ages. And so in order to send archaeologists into the Ottoman Empire was just impossible. And so to actually do proper excavation was not done under the Ottoman Empire. And whenever the Ottoman Empire fell, that's when modern archaeology was able to get in there. And they just found these huge city-states. They found uh, that, that indeed there was um, the, just exactly the way the Bible describes the Hittites being a very powerful people. So, so I just kind of find that interesting. But here he is. He goes to the Hittites, and he says this. He says, I am a sojourner and foreigner among you. Give me property among you for a burying place that I may bury my dead out of my sight. Then in verse 5, the Hittites answered Abraham, Hear us, my Lord, you are a prince of God among us. Bury your dead in the choicest of our tombs. None of us will withhold from you his tomb to hinder you from burying your dead. Okay, so there's actually a couple things happening here. First of all, look at what reverence the Hittites uh, give to Abraham. Do they say, oh, no, not this guy. Ugh, not this guy. No, they actually lift him up, don't they? They actually give him a title. What's the title that they give him here? He's a, a prince of God. And, and so they, they recognize here that he is, uh, he's this prophet. He's kind of this man of God. Uh, for sure, he's been blessed to 
just an extreme number. I mean, if you think back to uh, some of the previous chapters, so if you've been coming to the service the past few weeks, you've seen how over and over again, uh, Abraham was blessed very materially, like even with uh, King Pharaoh and King uh, Abimelech and, and just the amount of wealth and possessions that Abraham had. And, and so, so for sure, they definitely revered Abraham. They didn't look down on him. Uh, they definitely treated him as someone of stature. But it's because he has that kind of cash, he has that kind of dough, you know what I'm talking about? Um, now they're starting to look at him kind of a different way and say, oh, there's something from us that you want. Hmm. Well, and so what they do is they kind of begin this haggling, if you will. Now, at first, it doesn't appear to be haggling. At first, it appears to be a gift, doesn't it? At first, they say, well, you know what? Why don't we just give you the land? And none of us here will withhold the tomb. We'll just, we'll just give it to you. Uh, but as we're going to see later, it's actually a, a haggling technique. So these guys are pretty smart in, in how they do it. Uh, pretty crafty, if you will, but a little bit deceitful as well. And so... So they, they begin this, um, and then it says, oh, and then one other thing I wanted to point out here is uh, that Abraham really wanted uh, a tomb not to be given or rented or um, to have some sort of like two names on the title, if you kind of get my drift here. He wanted one name on the title um, because uh, primarily he wanted to make sure that Sarah's body was not messed with in any way, that it's not like anyone can claim, um, oh, well, this is actually my land, and so, yeah, we just, we got rid of her and carried her off or something like that. And, and so to really protect her, and then also, as we're going to see later, this is where Abraham is buried. Uh, this is where, uh, who else is buried here? Isaac and uh, Jacob, I believe. This is kind of like becoming the, the family tomb. And so he wants to make sure that it's a clean title, all right? Clean title. So just keep that in mind. So, so here's what it says. Um, oh, actually, we have a question. Here it says this. Uh, where was Sarah? Why wasn't Abraham and Sarah in their own land with a place already selected to bury Sarah? Verse 4, I am a stranger among you. Yeah, so, so kind of one of the fun things about this as well, and part of the tension with this as well, is that, um, is that God has promised this land to Abraham and his descendants. It's going to become, uh, you know, the promised land, and we're going to have the holy nation of Israel is going to occupy this land. Um, but all that's going to happen centuries down the road. You know, think post-Egypt, think They've wandered the desert for 40 years, then they inherit the promised land in the book of Joshua. And so, so actually part of the tension, and I mentioned it uh, here in the historical minute, is that, um, is that even though that God is promising them this land, um, it's, it's not theirs yet. And so what Abraham has to do is he actually has to buy what God is going to give them later. All right, you kind of get the tension there, you kind of get the irony. Um, and, and, and so, so what Abraham has to do here, he's actually has to buy something. And in fact, what it does as well is it shows Abraham's faith in God that God is actually going to give him that land later. 
because otherwise he's not going to buy the burial plot if he doesn't believe that this is eventually going to end up as, um, as the promised land, right? As the land of his people. And so actually this is as well a display of, of Abraham's faith. So yeah, so he has to kind of enter into these negotiations here. So then in verse, uh, I believe, 7, yeah, Abraham rose and bowed to the Hittites, the people of the land, and he said to them, if you are willing that I should bury my dead out of my sight, hear me and entreat me, entreat for me Ephron, the son of Zohar, that he may give the cave of um, Malpelah, which he owns, it is at the end of his field. For the full price, let him give it to me in your presence as property for a burying place. And so he's offering here, hey, I'm going to pay full price. And so he even selects uh, a guy here, a Hittite. He even selects uh, Ephron, the son of Zohar. Let's, you know, uh, over Red Rover, let's bring out Ephron, the son of Zohar, over. Okay, let's bring him out. And let's, let's enter into these negotiations here. I want to buy your property. And so in verse 10, now Ephron was sitting among the Hittites and Ephron the Hittite answered Abraham in the hearing of the Hittites of all who went in at the gate of his city. No, my Lord, hear me. I give you the field and I give you the cave that is in it. In the sight of the sons of my people, I give it to you. Bury your dead. And so he's offering, well, let me just give it to you. But again, what does Abraham want? He wants the clean title. He wants the clean title here, not just as a gift or it's mine and it's kind of yours. He, wants, he, he said, I'll pay full price for it. He already, he already made that offer. Then Abraham bowed down before the people of the land. And he said to Ephron in the hearing of the people of the land, but if you will hear me, I give the price of the field. He's saying, hey, I'll... I'll pay the price. Accept it from me that I may bury my dead there. So he's saying, come on, just give me a price. Just give me a price and I'll pay it. And so what Ephron does is see again, even though that he keeps talking the talk about, well, I'll give it to you, I'll give it to you. Now all of a sudden it has a monetary value. And here's what he says. Ephron answered Abraham, my Lord, listen to me. A piece of land worth 400 shekels. See how he kind of like just, you know, inserts that right there. A piece of land worth 400 shekels here of silver. What is that between you and me? Bury your dead. Abraham listened to Ephron and Abraham weighed out for Ephron. This, for Ephron. Oh, Abraham listened to Ephron and Abraham did what? He weighed out for Ephron the silver that he had named in the hearing of the Hittites, 400 shekels of silver, according to the weights current among the merchants. So basically what Ephron was doing here was he just decided, eh, let's just throw out this huge number. If this guy, oh, he's relentless. If he really wants to buy this, I'm just going to throw out this huge number and just see what happens. And what had happened? Abraham said, 400, you got yourself a deal. And actually weighs out the 400 shekels. Now that was, that was way overpriced. I mean, back then, 400 pieces of silver for, I mean, for a tomb, what's it made out of? 
You know, what's, I mean, is it made out of gold? Is it like King Tut's tomb or something? Like, why in the world would you pay 400 shekels for it? Well, it's, it's kind of like this. It's kind of like you receive a knock at your door, and there's someone standing there, and you're like, what? <laughs> and they say, I want to buy your house. What do you say? <laughs> Not for sale. I mean, why would it be? Not for sale. And then you close the door. Knock, knock, knock. No, no, no. I really want to buy your house. Not for sale. Close the door. Knock, knock, knock. No, no, no. I really want to buy your house. Give me a number. Okay, fine. For a million dollars, you can have this house. Imagine you saying that. And then all of a sudden they go, okay. And then we're to actually pull out a Halliburton briefcase, you know, James Bond style, a million dollars, cash. You'd say, honey, call the movers, right? <laughs> Let's pack up. And by the way, at that point as well, you're kind of bragging. You're like, man, you guys won't believe what happened last night. There's this dude that showed up in my house. I don't know what he was thinking, right? Uh, so that's kind of what's happening here, was that, was that the tomb wasn't for sale. He, he had no interest in, in, I mean, this is his family tomb after all. I mean, it's not something you just easily give up. But if you just throw out like this huge astronomical number, it's almost to the point where like, yeah, but what sane person can, can possibly turn this down, right? Well, that's, that's exactly what Abraham did here. You know, this as well, remember, Abraham was, he was very blessed. He materially, he, I mean, he had the, he had the silver on him. Uh, you know, I mean, this wasn't, he didn't have to go, you know, take out a mortgage here or something like that. He had it on him. So he was, he was very blessed and he went ahead and he went and, um, and he paid according to what he said. He said, all right, fine, I'll call you on your bluff. Here's 400 shekels of silver. And so sure enough, now they have this exchange. And so now all of a sudden, um, and think about the significance here. Again, a few things. Number one, it shows Abraham's faith. And, and to the extent that he'd be willing to pay 400 shekels. That, that, yeah, you know what? My people, this is their land. And, and I know it, and so I'm going to pay whatever price just to have a piece of it. Uh, because I know that my people is going to end up here anyways. And I'm going to be buried here as well. Um, also, it's, it becomes the burial place for Abraham and, and for some of the patriarchs. Um, but then also, um, it, it protects Sarah. And so it does all these things now that we've got this clean title and, um, and really, it was important uh, to be noted. Part of the reason it's probably even mentioned in here, the way that it was done, was, it was just to show that, hey, even though that, yeah, the Hittites occupied this area for that period of time, uh, this, this spot right here, this tomb, that's, that's Abraham's. He had bought that uh, for Sarah, and that's, that's his tomb. So, uh, verse 17, so in the field of Ephron in Machpelah, which was to the east of Mamre, the field with the cave that was in it and all the trees that were in the field throughout its whole area was made over to Abraham as a possession, so not as a rental, you know, not as a uh, dual partnership, but as a possession in the presence of the Hittites before all who went in at the gate of his city. After this, Abraham buried Sarah, his wife, in the cave of the field of Machpelah, east of Mamre, that is Hebron, in the land of Canaan. The field and the cave that is in it were made over to Abraham as property, excuse me, for a burying place by the Hittites. So 
Um, we'll pause here for just one second, and I want to comment uh, just a couple things as well, a couple things that we can uh, apply to this. And I really want to focus on this area of, of grief. And, and so um, the thing is that, that all of us in this room, uh, we've all experienced loss to some degree, whether it be, um, you know, the, the death of either a family member um, or, or a friend or uh, someone that we knew and maybe someone that we uh, were even really close with. A lot of us have, have experienced that. We've experienced loss of spouses or siblings or parents or something. And, uh, and as well, we've experienced loss in different ways too, um, through things like um, even the death of a relationship. Uh, so breaking up with a girlfriend or boyfriend or divorce or uh, the death of a job or loss of health or loss of financial stability, a miscarriage, retirement, um, death of a, um, a pet or loss of safety after a trauma. And, and so really there's, we, a lot of us here have experienced loss. And, and, and so really what, um, what it is is that we are to, to grieve and, and we're to grieve well. And so, so part of it, I'm just going to give you a couple things here. Uh, one of the things that, that we're to do to help overcome grief is to, is this whole idea of acceptance of, of acceptance of what you cannot change. And I know that uh, in grief, they talk about, um, you know, there's different stages that you go through at different times to end up at acceptance. But, but the goal here is to end up at acceptance of what you cannot change. Uh, but then part of it as well is to find strength in God's promises. And, and so really, um, you know, whenever we read God's word, that we, we find strength there. We really do. Um, we find how God promises over and over and over again about how he will never leave us, about he's a God who loves us, about he, he's a God of new beginnings. And, and that as well should give us hope. You see, whenever we look at the cross for what Jesus did for us and, and forgiveness of our sins, but then we look at the empty tomb and we see how, how even, even death um, does not stop God, right? We, we, we see how um, that there's something on the other side of this, that, that whenever we look at a tomb, that that's not the end of the story, but rather there's eternity on the other side. There, there's, there's heaven, there's this hope of heaven. And, and so really, um, you know, so much grief is to rely on God, is, is to, um, to go to him in prayer and honesty and in confession and, and to be in his word and to, to receive this strength from promises of God. I can tell you how much um, certain Bible passages have just spoken to me at, at certain times in my life. And so, so to receive strength from God. We're also to receive strength from other people. Um, you know, one of the interesting things that happens whenever we go through something difficult is it's easy to kind of isolate ourselves. It's easy to clam up and just push people away. Um, but, but in that time, uh, people, you know, your, your friends, the, the family of God here at St. Mark, your, your church family is is often very, very supportive and very caring and can offer a lot of really great things, um, you know, in regards to meals so you don't have to cook or in regards to, you know, in our case, looking after the kids for a little bit so that way we can go and do the things that we need to do to take care of. Um, 
So allow people to enter into your life and to support you. And you just be blown away with the amount of support that you can get whenever you allow people to support you. Uh, another thing that, that we're to do here is, is to celebrate their life. Um, you know, I can tell you how many uh, people I know who have passed, and, and I'll say things like, well, well, when's the service? Oh, there is no service. Well, why not? Especially if, if they're a believer in Jesus. You know, let's celebrate that they're with Jesus. Um, but, but there really is something, uh, and it can be really hard. You know, sometimes funerals and memorial services uh, can be very emotionally difficult, you know. Um, but whenever we're confronted with, with the reality of, of death and, and the consequence, really, of original sin, whenever we're confronted with it, um, it really does something to our hearts as well. And, and it's so healing. Even though it's difficult, it's healing. You know, like I could testify a couple things, you know. Whenever I saw, um, you know, the, the open casket for my grandma, you know, and just staring at her, you know, and just, and, and for me, that was hard. It really was, you know, um, but as well, it was, it was very healing as well, uh, because I was able to, uh, to work through that. Um, as well, I can think of, you know, my brother uh, lowering a casket into the grave, you know, um, that's got to be hard for him. Can you imagine burying a kid, you know? Uh, but to, to get on the knees in the, in the dirt and to lower the casket, you know, that's got to be hard. It's really got to be hard. But, you know, but that's got to be so healing, right, at the same token, um, to actually deal with that uh, in the moment rather than just simply um, put it off. Um, because one thing that is true about grief is that, um, is that, Time doesn't necessarily heal everything. Um, and it's that you have to deal with it. You have to confront the grief, right? Uh, you have to be able to work through it. And so, and so even though that it can be difficult, um, but it's going to be so healing. And so these are just a couple things that I give to you whenever we talk about grief. Um, something that, that Abraham did. Something that uh, for him, you know, when it was appropriate, he, uh, you know, he felt the emotion of sadness and he mourned and he wept, you know, and that was healthy. That was part of the healing process for him. Uh, he made sure that she had a proper burial place, um, you know, to actually to, to bury her. And that was part of uh, the grief. That was part of the healing process for him. And so I give these as a couple of things um, tonight to, um, to mainly to bring down the mood as we celebrate the new year, okay? <laughs> Isn't tonight supposed to be a party? <laughs> and what am I doing up here? Bring it down the mood. Sucking the air out of the room. <laughs> Sucking the air out. No, um, but as well to, you know, and I'll play it another way as well, is that, uh, you know, there's certain things about 2017 that we can look back on. And maybe we want to bury those things too. Uh, and we can look forward to the hope that we have in a new year. And so I give that to you as well. So that's our... Uh, the tie-in uh, to New Year's, I suppose, is that uh, that there is hope, that there is a new year, there's fresh beginnings. Uh, even Abraham himself, there was, uh, he was spring chicken, you know, here. Uh, he lived to be 160 years old after this. I mean, so he was spring chicken here. Um, you know, he went on and he remarried and so forth. And so, so there's new beginnings as well. And so that's kind of our New Year's tie-in uh, that I'll give to you. Um, and so we actually have to end at chapter 23, I know, so sad, because uh, next week Pastor Mike is going to pick up in chapter 24, um, and so really, um, that's all I've got tonight, so we're going to leave 
just a couple minutes early. And I think that's okay because we got to get on to our New Year celebrations, right? Hey, so with that, let me, uh, let me pray. Oh, dear God, we, we thank you for the book of Genesis here. And as well, um, this, this event that uh, is important to talk about uh, death and burial uh, of Sarah, about how uh, really it's such a testament that Abraham had so much faith in you to, to say, you know what, um, this is going to be the land that you're going to give us. And yeah, it's kind of ironic that he has to pay for the land up front, even though it's going to be a gift later. But, but it showed that, indeed, Abraham did believe that. And it showed as well that he did grieve and that he experienced the loss of his, of his friend, of his spouse, his partner in life, you know. And, uh, and yet he, he grieved and he mourned and he wept for her. And so, so Lord, we just pray that we can, uh, as we leave here and we go into the New Year's um, and we go on to celebrate the New Year and to ring it in, we pray, Lord, that we do that uh, with joy and we do it as well with safety. And in all this we pray, amen.